Hi, welcome to Living with Tole, the podcast that provides you with ideas, practical strategies, and inspiration to help you connect the presence, even through the challenges of everyday life. In this episode, we bring you a recording of a recent teleseminar that Greg conducted with Drumil Prohit. Drumil shares how he came to the teachings of Eckhart Tolle and his journey of bringing awareness to his food choices. Greg and Drumil also explore the topics of raw food diets, as well as detoxifying the body through cleansing or fasting, and how these experiences can help you connect to presence at a deeper level. We invite you to visit our website, livingwithtole.com, where you'll find an archive of all of our podcasts, teleseminars, as well as videos and articles. On the website, you'll also be able to continue this conversation by leaving your feedback in the comment section. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast and all of our materials on the website are offered to you free of charge without advertising. This is made possible by the donations that we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue offering our conversations, teleseminars, and special guests so that we can continue to explore presence, find inner peace, and discover the power of now as applied to our daily lives. You can make a donation now at livingwithtole.com. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to the Living with Tole seminar. This is Greg Larson, and just to get right into the call here right away, our guest this, this month um, is Jamil Prohit, and he is uh, someone I met just a few months ago. It was actually in May, uh, just like our guest last month, uh, Nick Fife. I met Jamil at the Eckhart Tole tea taping in May up in Malibu, and he, he happened to be hanging out in the hallway during one of the sessions, we, I sat down, we had this wonderful conversation, and just a, a wonderful human being, vibrant human being, and connected right away, and we had this conversation about raw food, and something I've been exploring a lot more lately, and had this conversation, so when I was, went through this experience real recently, I went through a fasting experience, I did the master cleanse, and in that process, Jamil came to mind, and I wanted to invite him on to have this conversation really about cleansing, fasting, you know, eating consciously and how that can affect our ability to be present, to feel present, and to, you know, I was just reading, uh, just briefly here before the call, I was reading from The Power of Now, and as Eckhart says here, this is on page 95, you know, the essential work of transformation takes place within the body, transformation through the body, not away from it. And so I want to have a conversation about how we really treat our bodies through eating and depending on, on the lifestyle you live, if your body's real toxic, what, what you can do to cleanse the body so you can start experiencing presence in a more palpable way through your body, and really bringing awareness to this topic. For me, it's been very um, beneficial in bringing a deeper degree of consciousness to my body through eating more organic foods, more eating more consciously, eating organic foods, fasting, and I just want to have a conversation with an expert to kind of help us see how we can, you know, have a deeper experience truly of the teachings of Eckhart Tolle and, and what he's pointing us to through being more conscious of our well-being 
specifically through eating and through uh, cleansing and fasting the body. And so our guest, as I mentioned, Jamil Proit, I'll just give a brief little introduction here. Uh, he uh, describes himself as a simple Sherpa who enjoys guiding people and communities through the world of holistic healing and spiritual living. And during the day, Jamil is a founding partner at the Clean Program, a health and wellness company that manufactures and sells detox and cleansing kits. And he and his business partner, Dr. Alejandro Younger, MD, have a vision to revolutionize the world of cleansing by providing the most supportive detox program on the planet. And Jamil is also the chief community organizer behind We Like It Raw, the most popular online raw food community. And lastly, Jamil serves as an advisor to a few nonprofits, including Donna Karen's um, Urban Zen Foundation. So that's a little bit about Jamil. And so we're going to go ahead and welcome on. Jamil, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Greg. Thank you so much for inviting me here to be on your podcast. I've been a fan even before I had the opportunity to connect with you at the Tollway event, and I honor the work that you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes, all of this, all of these voices, all of these ideas, you know, are coming together, I think, in this, in this, you know, in supporting what Eckhart Tolle really wrote about in his book, A New Earth, this flowering of this consciousness on the planet, and how that flowering of consciousness is going to begin shifting and transforming the way we eat, the way we interact with the earth, the way we, you know, perceive our bodies and really harness the potential of our body for accessing consciousness, for, you know, the body, as Eckhart says, is like a portal for accessing consciousness, for accessing, for communing with God, really. And so if your body is not, you know, harmonized, is not, you know, um, vital, you know, I would suggest that it can be a block in your spiritual growth. And so... And before we get into all this um, conversation around, I just wanted to go ahead and let people know a little bit more about you. We spoke about this briefly before, but you know, I know you are a big fan of Eckhart Tolle, and your life's been transformed by his teachings. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you know, uh, you know, what you were going through and then coming across the teachings of Eckhart Tolle and how that's begun to transform your personal life and your, your spiritual journey, we, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Absolutely. would love to share. I come from an Indian uh, background. I was born in Nairobi, Kenya, and my parents uh, come from a Hindu and a, and a lesser-known tradition in India called the Jain tradition. And we migrated to the United States, and through most of life, I really had no understanding of spirituality. Most of the practices that my family had, although there were some spiritual elements to it uh, coming from the Vedic culture, it was mostly an understanding of religious um, practices, religious uh, rituals, visiting the temple, and things like that. So growing up, my relationship to spirit was not a consciously known was. It was really still an idea of living within the space of what's good, what's bad, and religion was more of a cultural ref reflection of what society felt was acceptable and what one should do. Uh, but my dad had a natural sense of sort of peace and harmony in his life, and that always rang true to me. So going into high, uh, closing up high school and going into college, I started to really have the first sort of questions in my life of 
what am I doing here? What do I want to create? Do I really want to be part of this race that I see that everybody else is running? And I asked myself a really important question, which is that who is like the most happiest person that I know personally, and what is it that they do? And I looked around myself, and I didn't really know that many happy people. I knew some people that were pretty happy, but not consistently happy on a daily basis. That started my evolution in the world of personal development. And like many people that I'm sure listening to this call, it was people like Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, and other individuals who come from a personal development background. And that was fantastic. That met me exactly where I was. And it really taught me this lesson that, you know, there's no meaning in life other than the meaning that you bring to it. And a lot of it was action-based as well, too. So I was having an opportunity to revolutionize my friendships, revolutionize my relationships, revolutionize my uh, family relationships as well, too. And then, because a lot of that work that I was doing was based on creating highs, and naturally when there's highs, there's also lows, and there was a lot of identification with story, who I thought I was, how I thought I had to show up in the world the mind was still consistently running and running and running. I had a friend who came to me and he said, hey, I think that you should check out this book. It's called The Power of Now. And I didn't check it out when he first mentioned it. Then I had another friend then another friend. And then six months later on, I had another friend recommend it. And I said, you know what? This book is coming up pretty regularly, but I feel like I know what it's about. Like, okay, you know, focus on the present moment. Great. Like, move on with your life. Like, then what? And... I said, still, let me read it. And in one evening, I sat down and I read the entire book. I stayed up all night and I had this experience internally where I just felt every moment, every word I was reading, every paragraph I was reading, every page I was turning, I was becoming less and less of myself. And it felt so good. A weight was coming off my shoulder and I was becoming present to the stories that were being run consistently in my mind, past and future projection. And it was really the most beautiful experience that I've had in my life to date. So that's how I discovered Eckhart's work. Excellent. And obviously you've continued this journey with his teachings. And how have you, how have you in a sense, grown deeper with that? Or how have you grown deeper spiritually in, in a process since then when you first discovered it, or when you first read his teachings that night? When I first read his teachings, I was a little bit, uh, while there was a deep sense of peace that was there, and I noticed that immediately I had lost uh, a decent amount of my thoughts. And how I measured that is that I was, over the next period of days, I was noticing the number of worrying thoughts I had. And I was having very few thoughts on the worry side, and I just felt in general the thinking was happening less and it wasn't a trying there was just there was just less thinking in general nowhere near the degree to what Eckhart describes in his book but i noticed that there was a significant shift from where i was previously but there was a state of confusion when the mind entered back in and wanted to reflect on what happened it said how do i keep this going i still how do i show up in the world how do i act around other people who do i be how do i eat it was an overthinking and overanalyzation that crept in because it felt that I really had to understand this newness in a way, and I was trying to really sort of grasp onto this experience that I was happening. 
And also, secondly, along with it, is I felt, okay, Eckhart and Eckhart's voice, and I looked him up on YouTube and a few other places, like, okay, if you're going to live in the present moment, you have to act and be like Eckhart, somebody who's maybe very calm and a spiritual teacher and acts a particular way and walks a particular way and communicates a particular way. And I really had no idea of what it would look like that, hey, I've been given these great personality traits. I love to communicate. I love to organize. I love to build businesses. How can I take the teachings of present moment awareness and my own sense of groundedness internally and apply it to my own particular dharma, my own particular path? So to answer your question, in the beginning, there was a state of confusion because I wasn't fully in awareness or acceptance that the spirit and present moment awareness and consciousness could work through me where my life was now. I thought I had to be something else, and I was placing a spiritual story as a projection on top of my experience. After a little while, that sort of mellowed out because you always know that you return to the present moment. And in this present moment, when you get quiet and you notice your breath and you look at your surroundings, wherever you are right now, you're looking around you and you're realizing that life is beautiful and it's peaceful, then you ask yourself, what, what do I feel like doing? What do I feel like I want to show up in? And the answers show up. And so I felt that I wanted to start some communities. I had some interest in health. I had some interest in these things. My skill set was technology. My skill set was business. So then the evolution was integrating the awareness into my daily practices without the need of thinking that I needed to be somebody who I wasn't. Wow, that's you know, a powerful way of describing it there. I think that is the, you know, one of our earlier podcasts was the Tole Trap, and I think that's one of those traps you can fall into when you come across a teaching like this and you awaken that deeper level, but then the mind comes in and tries to understand and says, well, I need to kind of look like this, and I need to, you know, dress more spiritual, or I need to have a more spiritual-looking car or home, or, you know, or I need to talk, you know, using some different words so that I sound more spiritual, and all of this other layering can build on top of that. So it sounds like uh, you had a similar experience. Absolutely. I had that experience, and it's a beautiful experience. It couldn't have been any other way, and chances are, Everybody listening to this podcast right now has gone through that in some dimension or another. And we just bring it back to the fact that we don't need to overanalyze our life and understand where everything came from. There comes a certain point in your own development and your journey where it's like a surrender. Okay, this happened, and I don't understand, and I don't need to understand all the reasons that it happened. Let me just bring myself back into this moment. And in this moment, what do I feel? In this moment, what's real? In this moment, what action do I have to take? And the reality, again, going back to sort of the lessons that I learned in the personal development world, which were still true, which is that life has no meaning other than the meaning you give it. So what meaning would you like to give it? How would you like to show up? This whole experience is coming back to play and the unfolding of consciousness through you and every single living being on this planet. So how do you want to play? How do you want to show up? And how would you want your experience to be? It could be the most simplest things. It could be goals that you've had from the time that you were young. The action isn't so important as the intention behind it. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't this one-moment thing. The other thing that I really like to talk about is that the way that I just, I'm having some, um, 
I'm being present to the fact that the way that I've shared my story is that all of a sudden, one moment, then I read the book, and I'm good, and then I had another moment where I realized I didn't need to live a spiritual life. It wasn't like that at all. It was messy. It was gritty. It included <laughs> so many moments of doubt. It included so many moments of fear and worry and back and forth, and that was all part of my journey. And so the messier it is, the more real it is for you. Nobody's going to have an experience where it's a constant growth or a single moment. And that was my story in the personal development world, that I was waiting for that one experience that would finally complete me. And I had many moments like that with Eckhart's work. I finally said that, oh, I'm going to go see Eckhart Tolle in person at this event. Or I had met Eckhart one-on-one through a common friend who had introduced us, and I had met Eckhart's wife. And even going into that dinner, I said, oh, I'm finally going to meet Eckhart Tolle. I'm going to walk out of this event, this dinner here with him in New York feeling completely different, and it's another story. And guess what? I still have the doubt. I still have the worry. I still have the fear, and I have the concern. But every time I bring myself back into this present moment, there's something that surrenders a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then it just continues that way. And so I am certainly not in a place in my life, you can call my friends and family and they'll vouch for it, where I feel... (laughs) Uh, fully rooted in this present moment at all times. And guess what? Can I be okay with that is the question that I can ask myself right now. And yes, I can surrender to the fact that I can't always surrender. That's what I can do right now. Wonderful. That's such a powerful uh, action step, I guess you want to call it that, you know, just that state of acceptance, even if you're in a state of non-acceptance at that moment, there's something coming up in your life. To be even be in acceptance of that is truly part of this journey. And obviously you're experiencing that. And through sharing that, it's, you know, it's, as you said, most people on the call, and typically in my experience also when I talk to people, is that everyone goes through a similar process after they have that original waking experience. So it's just good to commune and, and share like that so we all kind of understand this is you know, more or less the normal process of awakening or, or being on this journey. And it's so, it's so beautiful. Just think like, uh, here I am. I just recently relocated to Southern California, and I'm out shopping today because I moved into a new home with my lovely girlfriend uh, here in, in Southern California, and I'm shopping. And I went to Target earlier to get some organic sheets, and then I went to another place to take care of some other errands, and I'm outside of an organic food store that I'll be stopping in later on. And how incredibly simple and yet beautiful is this entire experience? And guess what? What is my meaning right now in life? My meaning right now in life is to just be here fully in this conference call and not turn it into a story and any mechanism at all. Oh, wow, Greg invited me to this conference of Living Mitole. I've looked I've always appreciated this conference. I must be more significant because somebody's reaching out to me. All these stories and thoughts of one way or another, or I go to Target for a second and I go pick up some things and just, guess what? I'd be present there. And sometimes people could feel like, man, I wish my life had more meaning. I'm here shopping for things and I'm taking care of stuff and, you know, I'm just running around. And, yes, and you, you sit there and you're with the cashier and you're fully present with them and you smile at them and nobody in this store maybe has, it could be 
maybe nobody in this store has any present moment awareness at that time that could be lost in their thoughts, or who knows, maybe there's some Target employee in the back that's reading the Power Now or had read it a few years ago, and yet how beautiful is that? How beautiful is the fact that here you are living your life in the way that you're living it, and you're still being present with it. I don't know, something just so magnificently amazing there's something so magnificent, magnificent about that experience, and I just, I just love it. Okay, great. You're living a simple life. You're doing your thing. Doesn't need to be anything else. That's it, right there. That's our, our focus here is on living with toll is really bringing it into everyday life and really standing in line at, uh, at the target. That's, that's where presence, or that's where the rubber hits the road, and you get a really, you know, experience what it is. That's what these teachings are all about. Is just to be present to your experience at that moment and that is a spiritual practice right there one of the most profound ones yeah well said but well, i wanted to move into our kind of the focus of our call here which is about you know as i titled it kind of raw food and fasting and you know moving into those types of topics you know as you were unfolding in your journey how did that come into your life how did that come into your awareness this idea of you know cleansing or detoxing, and then also eating more like a raw food diet, or as you mentioned also in your podcast I listened to earlier, is, you know, living foods or live foods. How did that come into your life, and how has that, how has that helped you or supported you on your spiritual journey? Well, great question, and um, I was raised from a Vedic background, a Hindu and a Jain background culturally, and the vegetarian practice in that community is still very strong and in India and here in the United States as well, too, for people who have moved over, immigrants. And I was raised a vegetarian, but it wasn't a conscious sort of thing. It was my family was just eating a vegetarian diet because that's what, that's what their parents did. And there was a little bit of an understanding that there's a reverence for all living beings. But outside of that, vegetarian diet didn't just mean like really whole, you know, whole foods and vegetables and fruits. It was like, okay, Pringles are vegetarian, so I'm going to have some Pringles, or I'm going to have some Twinkies because they're vegetarian. The, the consciousness was just sort of at a very baseline level, and, uh, which is okay. It, it was what it was. That was how I was raised. And um, in college, I was introduced to the practices of holistic health through the vegan community, and there was a few of my friends that were interested in animal rights and things like that, that had brought it up from an attention of, here's what's happening in the world. And more than anything, my takeaway wasn't that there's a right or a wrong way of eating. I never really felt that way at all. It was more just, what sits right with me? And I took a look, and I realized that my food choices were impacting the planet. And also, too, just on a pure vanity level, I was struggling in my freshman year and my sophomore year of college with really bad acne that I had developed in high school, and it, couldn't, it wouldn't go away, and I was using all sorts of different prescription medications and over-the-counter over um, medications as well, too, to try to deal with it. And then I had met somebody that said that um, they weren't vegan and they weren't even vegetarian, but they had known that milk and dairy, excess consumption of it, often played a role in one's um, acne development. And they said, hey, you should look into this. I, I would actually consider try removing dairy and cheese from your diet for a little while and see how that affects things. And I said, okay, it couldn't hurt, so I removed it. 
and I was actually very surprised. Within about two and a half, three weeks, I already saw that my skin was clearing up, and then I went back to having dairy again, and I noticed that it was affecting me. And foods affect different people at all different levels. I'm just sharing my experience that this is what happened to me. I've had friends that have been drinking you know, a few glasses of milk every day since they were as far back as they can remember, and they hadn't had that experience. But this is what happened to me. Then that led to a question of, oh, how is food affecting me in other areas of life? One day, I was in an organic food store, and I noticed this gentleman who was just very still and very present, and he worked there. He was a manager in the bulk section, and, and I made eye contact with him. And the whites of his eyes, the one thing that I really remember, the whites of his eyes were just so white. It was so white and vibrant. He was very healthy. He was a very fit gentleman. I said, you know, let me go talk to him and ask him. I've always felt that if I want to be happy, let me talk to the happiest person that I know, that if I want to build a business, let me talk to somebody that I feel is rooted in that and doing great work and is also successful. I asked him what he did, and he sits right with me. And I took a look, and I realized that my food choices were impacting the planet. And also, too, just on a pure vanity level, I was struggling in my freshman year and my sophomore year of college with really bad acne that I had developed in high school. And it, couldn't, it wouldn't go away, and I was using all sorts of different prescription medications and over-the-counter um, medications as well, too, to try to deal with it. And then I had met somebody that said that, um, they weren't vegan and they weren't even vegetarian, but they had known that milk and dairy, excess consumption of it often played a role in one's um, acne development. And they said, hey, you should look into this. I, I would actually tr consider try removing dairy and cheese from your diet for a little while and see how that affects things. And I said, okay, it couldn't hurt. So I removed it. And I was actually very surprised within it about two and a half, three weeks, I already saw that my skin was clearing up. And then I went back to having dairy again, and I noticed that it was affecting me. And foods affect different people at all different levels. I'm just sharing my experience that this is what happened to me. I've had friends that have been drinking, you know, a few glasses of milk every day since they were as far back as they can remember, and they hadn't had that experience. But this is what happened to me. Then that led to a question of, oh, how is food affecting me in other areas of life? One day, I was in an organic food store, and I noticed this gentleman who was just very still and very present, and he worked there. He was a manager in the bulk section, and, and I made eye contact with him, and the whites of his eyes, the one thing that I really remember, the whites of his eyes were just so white. He was so white and vibrant. He was very healthy. He was a very fit gentleman. I said, you know, let me go talk to him and ask him. I've always felt that if I want to be happy, let me talk to the happiest person that I know, that if I want to build a business, let me talk to somebody that I feel is rooted in that and doing great work and is also successful. I asked him what he did, and he shared about the practices of live food and raw food. And the essential teachings that I picked up from that conversation were as follows. Food is not just calories. Food is information. And in our body, our genes have on and off switches. And depending on the food and the information that we send to those genes, those switches turn on and they turn off. So there could be a cancerous switch, there could be this switch, just to be overly simplifying of this entire practice. And the information that we put into our body, very similar to information that you download on your computer, tells our body how to 
past. And what this gentleman was sharing with me, who's now a, a mentor and a great friend in my life, is that our food choices, and this is, a, this is uh, something that Michael Pollan always talks about, author of Omnivore's Dilemma, our food choices have changed more in the last 50 years than the last 5,000 years, regardless of what cultural background that you come from. If you live in a Western or, or European um, society, or even now in India, food choices have changed tremendously without much paying attention to the fact that food is information and it's not just calories. A hundred calories from um, a bagel and cream cheese is not the same thing as a hundred calories from a vibrant salad that's filled with, you know, just incredible nutrients and minerals inside. So that was the main distinction. I had always seen food as food, and now I came in with a new distinction, and that distinction was that food is information. So going from there, I added to that platform through my research and meeting incredible doctors and people out there in this space that were explaining this very clearly and in a grounded way. And I'll just share a couple more distinctions with you that I picked up, and then let's go back to yeah. maybe a few more questions that you had. So after understanding that food is information, the next thing that I felt in the spiritual dimension is that um, some of the most spiritual people that I knew didn't have incredible diets. And so my, also my understanding was that while your body may be more nourished and you feel better and you don't get sick as much from practicing a lifestyle that's rooted around whole foods and holistic health and including a lot of fresh, live, and raw food vegetables in there, it has nothing to do with your state of presence. What it will do is it can, from my experience, this is just me sharing, whatever your current state of presence or consciousness is, the food and your relationship to your health and body can actually amplify it. But I've found that just because you eat a particular way, doesn't mean anything at all with your overall state of presence. And I think that's very important for people, especially on this podcast, to understand where I'm coming from, which is that, hey, look, eat whatever you like, and if you feel great with that, feel great. And also, too, know that there's options that are out there. I remember somebody sharing with me, um, they said that, hey, you know, like, um, I know you know Eckhart, and I know you're friends with Kim, Eckhart's uh, partner and, and actually now wife. And Kim is a fan of also live foods and those practices. And Eckhart appreciates those things as well, too. And I don't want to speak on behalf of him, but he also, in his public talks, he's talked about enjoying coffee and enjoying chocolate and enjoying these other things. And does that mean that it takes away at all from his presence? No, it doesn't. It doesn't take away from his, his presence at all. Is he identified with those foods that he eats? No, as well, too. Will his body react accordingly to those foods? Of course. And will it react better than maybe somebody else who is consuming a similar diet? Absolutely, because there's a cell vibrancy that's there. So what I noticed for myself, when I cleaned up my diet and I started really moving towards whole foods, 50, at least 50% of my diet, fresh live foods in terms of fresh raw vegetables, fruits, things like that, nuts, seeds, and sprouts, I noticed that on the pure physical plane, I didn't get sick. If I got sick, my recovery time was 
faster, incredibly faster. I felt more mental clarity in my process and thinking. And also, too, I noticed that if I would lose my sense of self by becoming lost in past and future, that it wouldn't be as amplified as it was when my diet was not really in what I felt was integrity with how I wanted to live. So those are just a couple of distinctions and things that I noticed from my own exploration in that time. You know, that's so powerful. And just one thing I wanted to add there, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle, and I wanted to bring this up because when we were at that, that talk he gave back in May in, in Malibu, someone got up and asked him, you know, what about his diet? Does he eat vegetarian? Or, you know, they asked him stuff like that. He didn't answer the question straight out saying I'm vegetarian or I do this. He just said what I do is, I'm very conscious with everything I eat. And he, I remember him saying, you know, sometimes my mind will create a little story about how wonderful this chocolate is going to taste. And when he tastes it, it, it doesn't have the, it doesn't, the, the story doesn't match what reality is. So he's just becoming very conscious to what he's eating and how, it, how it's showing up in his body. And so I think that's what I would, you know, pass on to everybody is, I don't know what the best diet is for you, and obviously Dramil, he would even say, just from my, what I'm hearing here, is that he doesn't know what the best diet is for you either, but you need to explore yourself and really be conscious when you're choosing food and eating that, how does it affect your body? How does it, you know, make you feel? And allow that very conscious, aware state to begin guiding you around the choices you're making regarding food and really how much food you're eating. And so those are, you know, it's hard to, to tell you what it is that you need to do, but all I can share is if you begin approaching it more consciously and listening to the body, the body wants to be at a high vibration. The body wants to be in harmony, and it will begin informing you through reactions to what you're eating, what, is, what's, what will work and what will be better for you, and what is not working for you, or what's not, what's not working for the body. And that those choices can lead to a more clear experience of presence through the body. And to me, you know, when I'm really cleansed and when I'm very at a high vibration around food, there is a deeper communion with source, with consciousness. And I know now that how I eat and the, the choices I'm making around food is a very primary spiritual practice. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation today. Yeah, well said, Greg. And and I'd 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 like to add to that is that um, what you eat is is really, uh, of course, it's up to you, and it's meaningless. Just like everything, it's meaningless other than the meaning that you give to it. And the meaning that you could give to it is that if you choose that the food that you eat is more empowering for the planet to be sustainable, and that's the meaning that you want to give, and that's the meaning that you feel appropriate with beautiful, embrace that meaning. And there's that meaning that I've brought into what I'm up to. And still, in the larger context of things, it's meaningless. But this is the meaning that I've brought to it. And this is the practice that I want to see. And also, too, I have had moments, especially when I first started in my journey, that said, I am more significant because I'm eating a particular way. I am in more integrity because I'm eating a particular way. And again, to recognize, that's a story. It's a story on both sides when there's a story and there's a projection that an action is somehow making you more than or less than. And I think that the reason why that's important to understand 
is that there are many people that are improving their diets. And, and even if you don't have any interest in holistic eating, you just maybe feel like you want to eat a healthy, balanced diet, whatever that means to you in your own personal definition. One of the things that that requires is sort of you know, making conscious choices that, okay, I'm going to include more of this. Maybe I'm going to step away from that. Maybe I'm going to include less of that. And what I found in running my online communities and connecting with thousands and thousands of people from all over the globe who are trying to integrate practices into their life is that the number one thing that throws people off from the goals that they have with their diet and their health and, and, their, and their overall sense of wellness is guilt and Guilt really is sort of fear as well, too, but guilt and fear, and that comes from the sense of a story. Oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I was eating healthy all last week, and today I fell off the wagon. I'm bad. I'm wrong. And that sort of practice creates this yo-yo experience where sometimes things are up, sometimes things are down, sometimes things are praised, sometimes things are blamed. And that is not a space that, that anybody wants to be stuck in. And I've been stuck in that space for moments, and I've had moments of that, and sometimes I've had days of that, especially early on in my journey. So to really understand that, okay, to see it just as pure facts. When I eat this food, I feel a particular way, and so I'm going to make a conscious attempt to eat more of these foods. I'm not going to turn it into a story. I'm not going to try to add significance into my life. And if there is a moment where you're at a wedding or an experience where you feel in that moment that you want to experience something and you're not creating a story of it or you're fully conscious and you're like, I haven't had alcohol in such a long time, but for some reason there's some yearning or desire inside of me that wants to take it. And guess what? You take a deep breath. You sort of fall still for a moment. You go into stillness. You notice your breath, you notice where you are, you notice any patterns or any story, you say, do I still want to have this experience? And maybe there might be something that says, I want to have this experience. And you drink it in full consciousness. Does that mean that it won't have the effect where the next morning you might wake up with a headache? No, guess what? You, may, you might have that headache still. You might still have that experience where it affects your body and it's toxicity that's been put in your liver. But at least when you approach the food choices that you make and the wellness choices that you make without any praise and without any blame, then there's a beautiful level of sustainability and play and experience that can happen with it, where the choices that you want to make, because you know that they're in your body's best interest, come effortlessly, because there's not a story along with it. So, for example, on a very practical element, people often ask me that, you know, what is one thing that I could do to begin to include more raw food into my life? And I say, this is not my idea. This is something that the community overall has found to become very helpful. And that is including this item daily in your practice and your routine, which is called a green smoothie. And you can go to YouTube, you can go to Google, and you can type in green, like literally the color green, and smoothie or green shake. YouTube is best because there's some incredible recipe videos out there. And a green smoothie is a raw food smoothie that is packed with nutrients because it has dark uh, green leafy vegetables in there, which is probably one of the biggest things that people are missing from their routine and regimen. 
Uh, I have friends that even take the lettuce off of their hamburgers that they order from McDonald's, and they get no greens in their lifestyle at all. And it's blended into a fruit smoothie that you prepare at your house in your own blender. Often the base can be just simply water or coconut water or other things. And you can mix it up in all sorts of different ways. I'll let the videos do the talking of how the, the recipe can come together. And it's a great sweet treat that also has dark green leafy vegetables and minerals and nutrients inside of there that are very nourishing and good for long-lasting energy. And that's a beautiful practice to integrate into your daily life. And let's say that you made the conscious attempt that, okay, I've researched this. It sounds fantastic. These videos seem great. I have all the tools for it as well, too. I want to try it. And you try it for a week, and you see how you feel. And guess what? If you like it, continue. And if you don't like it, don't continue. But regardless of whatever you do, don't create a story out of it. Or if there is a story, just be present to that story, right? This is not going to make you a more spiritual person. This will nourish your body, and you might feel better. And it might be a practice that you take on moving forward from here, as thousands of people have done. And it's great. And if you like it, you can continue forward from there. But just kind of tying in the fact that there's many practical things that we can do that will legitimately improve our experience with wellness and health. And also, too, going back to the spirit, is that being rooted in the fact that it has no effect on your significance, both positively and negatively as well, too. Greg, does that make sense? It does. You know, and one thing I want to bring up when you mentioned this, that, you know, in our previous conversation, you, you said basically the little analogy you drew is that, you know, the goal of meditation, you know, is to access the present moment. And so, and you kind of the similar, you know, the goal of conscious eating, in a sense, you know, is again, primarily is to be able to access the present moment. And, you know, it's not about, you know, getting this right or being the best meditator and bragging about, you know, your meditation room or your bench or, you know, it's a very simple goal. And I know a lot of everyone who, who listens living totally, it's the same thing. You were awoken to the fact that the present moment is primary. There is, and there's great benefit to living in the present moment. It affects every area of your life. And so one thing we know is that meditation, you know, will help us access the present moment. Try this technique. Try that technique. Find something that works for you because it's really, it's known. And what I want to do with this call is just make it known that conscious eating, and as we'll be talking in a second, cleansing or fasting, are to me spiritual tools that will allow you to access the present moment. And it's not to get caught up in, and I, I, it's interesting that you're bringing this up, all this, you know, creating a story, because that is truly what people do and what happens, and it becomes a big block. But just to be, yes. to know that this, the simple goal of this is just to access the present moment. And if eating a certain diet helps you do that, then, you know, that again, that's the simple goal. It's not to be you know, a raw food expert. And, you know, just to be honest with you, Jamil, I, I attend, you know, quite a few raw food, uh, you know, gatherings and, and functions out here in California. And sometimes some of these people are a little militant. They're like, you know, you're not a raw foodist, you know, you know, you're a scum on the planet. <laughs> you know, they take such a hardcore approach to it. Obviously, they're trapped in a story. It's so obvious to see that because they're of their anger, their vibration. That's why I really love your approach. It's like, it's, there's, you know, this is not about proving anybody right or wrong or about saying this is better and that's not. It's just like, 
You know, there is a, a, uh, a, a state, a place, as Rumi says, oh, there's this field, and we know, well, that's where I want to meet you. There's this place that we all want to be, and in doing so, a new earth is going to blossom. And to me, part of that is through the way we eat. And part of that is through, since we've most likely, in my case anyways, I'd been eating unconsciously for so many years, I had to go through a process of cleansing my body, and the, the route I chose was fasting, and I would really love to hear, you know, you know, as we come to the end of the call here, Jamil, kind of how cleansing can be a starting point for this, for this next part of the journey, for, you know, cleansing our bodies so we can access presence in a more deeper, palpable way. Yes, and, uh, and, and sort of to bring the approach of the distinctions, because it's always great to understand the distinctions of maybe how we thought of something and maybe an, another possibility or way of thinking of something or understanding something. And the way the, where cleansing fits into all of this is that the body is consistently cleansing. The body is consistently cleansing on its own throughout the day, and there's different practices that it has, everything from simply like urinating to defecating to all these things. These are all practices of the body uh, cleansing. And the body has a natural, uh, part of it is our genetics are so old, much older than the modern way that we have been eating in the last 50, 60, 70 years. And our, and our body has sort of been designed for the fact that regardless of how you feel or where we came from or, or, or how humanity started off eating, one thing that most people agree on is the fact that we didn't always have food present in our uh, genetic evolution. And so the body was designed to eat a lot of food and then go for periods of time of not having that food. And that's really that, the way that the, that the body sort of evolved around its surroundings here on Earth. And now we have supermarkets and we have access to things and there's food additives and there's all sorts of things different going on. And so the body... In a way, the genetics are still the old genetics, and yet the, mo ma the, the modern living that we have has put us in a place and position where our body has hit um, a capacity level. And you can see that. You look anywhere and you see that there are many individuals who are uh, overweight, excessively overweight, and even they're skinny people. Even if you're thin, it has nothing to do with weight. Weight is not the only indication where they're suffering from diabetes and other things like that. I come from India is my background, and India at one point in time was one of the most healthiest countries on the planet and, you know, primarily coming from a vegetarian background and a lot of things like that. And now India is the new epicenter for diabetes on the planet because the diet has changed, the lifestyle has changed. So our body is at a place of capacity. And... Things have gotten so bad, and in all sorts of forms, both in terms of day-to-day -day living as well as degenerative diseases, um, things have also showing up on in, in terms of the cost of dealing with all those things, from insurance to medical living, that we've hit this point where many people are waking up and realizing that the way that we're living right now doesn't work. So what are some options out there? And my, my business partner and good friend and mentor is a doctor, a cardiologist by training. His name is Dr. Alejandro Younger, J-U-N-G-E-R. And um, probably the best, I recommend his book, 
to a lot of people, not only because he's my friend and business partner, but I feel like it's a great sort of history of cleansing and how it fits into it. But if I could just recap it for you, it's that one of the best ways to get kick-started on your journey that I feel, and you don't have to do it through Dr. Younger's book, there's a lot of free resources out there on the web and the Internet and things like that, including our own community, is by doing a little mini cleanse and kick-starting things off that way, what it will allow you to do is that just like people say that if you've never tasted honey, how could you really sort of describe it? And most people, their current vision of health is just not being sick. So when you talk to most people and you say, oh, is this person healthy? Yeah, they're healthy. They're not sick. They don't have a cold. They don't have this. But that's not really what healthy is. It's sort of explaining to somebody what a mango tastes like, and they've never tasted a mango. So a cleanse is a beautiful way to sort of put the body into a mode where it can get rid of a lot of the toxic buildups that's showing up there, and it can also get a taste for just a moment of what true health feels like. And that sort of imprints inside of you, just like if you have a very beautiful meditative experience early on that's, holy cow, like, okay, this is what presence feels like so you know what your bar is you know what your measurement and tools is and just like anything out there there's great cleanses and there's not so great cleanses and i'm not here to talk about what i'm up to or what my business is up to i'm just saying that go out there there's tons of free resources i recommend dr younger's book because it really it really brings the scientific element to it for many people who doubt that, oh, this hokey-pokey cleansing and this world of, you know, holistic living and this and that, it really comes from a scientific background and also, too, is rooted in Dr. Younger's own spiritual and also health journey of him healing his own health crises of irritable bowel syndrome, uh, depression, anxiety, and how his food choices played a very direct role in those things. But there's other great doctors out there. There's Dr. Frank Lippman. There's people that aren't doctors like Kathy, um, uh, I don't remember her last name, but it starts with an F. She's been on Oprah, just like Tole as well, too. And it's called the Quantum Cleanse. You can look her up if you are dealing with kids and trying to figure out a way to start them off on something where they can get a taste. There is great resources out there like body ecology program. You could type that into Google. There's so many options out there. And all I am, if you see me in any way, see me as a cheerleader for this world saying, look, there's options out there. If you're not enjoying the way that health and wellness is showing up for you, there are tons of resources. Here's some resources that I have. Here's some resources that are out there as well too. Um, that people can check out. And I think a cleanse is a great way to get started uh, on that journey because it does give you that taste of what it really feels like to be fully clean on the inside. And then you can go back to your life and figure out what foods work and don't work for you. Excellent. Thank you so much. And just to kind of recap that, you know, again, this is you know, a, a journey, just like a spiritual journey. I think this is a spiritual practice within that journey. And I know, and I've had some experience with this myself, and so I support it also, is that, you know, do some research, find a cleanse that works, experience what that is after you cleanse, how the body vibrates at a higher level, how you feel an amplified state of presence 
through having a more clean, robust, vibrant body, and then, you know, moving forward, what food choices, just like what meditation practices resonate with me that will allow me to access the present moment. And so, you know, and just to let everybody know, I just recently came off a fast called the Master Cleanse, and again, I'm not recommending it. It works for me, and if you want to try it out, you can type it in on Google and learn all about it, but you know, for this particular program, you go 10 days without eating, and then when you come off it, you're just drinking juices. And it wasn't, it was just a couple of weeks ago when I came off it, and on that 12th day, I had, it was funny enough, you bring up the, the green juice, I had, my friend made me, you know, there was all these fresh greens, cucumber, carrots, beet, you know, leafy green, you know, uh, lettuce. And I had this green juice, and I drank it very slowly, sipping on it, just really consciously feeling it go into my body. And that day, I was just so... It's almost like I didn't even feel the density of my body. My body was so light, and there, was, there wasn't any heaviness within it at all. I was just completely vibrant, alive, present. It was such a beautiful experience. And I come off it and I go back into putting food into my body and there's this heaviness and there's this everyday, you know, exploration of what works with me. This Earlier today I had, a, you know, a couple of slices of watermelon. It was just so <laughs> yummy. And again, felt that, that aliveness within my body that, you know, personally, you know, I would put food as a spiritual practice and cleansing as a spiritual practice right near the top with, you know, meditating and experiencing the inner body. And I... So I just really want to encourage people and inspire people to, if you haven't done this before, to begin exploring this and looking at this and seeing what works for yourself. Because I'm, you know, a big, you know, proponent of because it worked in my life. It works in my life as far as experiencing presence and accessing the present moment. So, and wow, we're coming here to the end. And so, you know, there's uh, there's people on the line and. And if anyone has a question of Jamil or myself, or if you want to share a story about, you know, something you went through and how eating or how cleansing helped you with your experience, you know, I'd love to have you join the call. And all you have to do is hit star six on your phone, and it'll allow you to uh, ask or enter the call. So if anybody on the line, if you have a, a question or if you want to share your story, we'd love to invite you on here as we kind of wrap up or come to the end of this process here of having this call today. I just want to share one more thing that I've found, which has been a great tool and mechanism, is that uh, in uh, this, this, may, this may sound a little egoic, and, and, it, and it could be, but uh, be wary of taking health advice or any advice from people that maybe you haven't met in person or that you don't really sort of feel fully their sense of awareness through what they teach because just like in anything, in, in any background at all, not just in the wellness community, there are a lot of individuals that feel that one thing is the only way. And the best thing that I love to do is that I love reading books and I love getting advice from, quote-unquote, experts and things like that, and there's always great things. But I learn the most from friends. And the online communities on Facebook and different communities that are out there. There's a great community out there called Crazy Sexy Life, which is made for women who are interested in wellness. There's our online community, my.cleanprogram.com. There's all sorts of great, incredible places, people on Twitter, 
reach out to individuals. Try to find people in your area and talk to individuals who have had actual experiences with what it is that you're All right. Well, unfortunately, uh, Drumil, as I just see here on our little, uh, our, uh, my uh, dashboard that I'm looking at here, dropped off the call. So we'll have to give him a few seconds here to see if he comes back on. Hopefully he'll realize that he's talking to himself and he'll be able to to come back into the call again. But until he joins us again, I, again, I just wanted to to let you know to the folks who are on the call and to the folks who are listening to the podcast. You know, the again, just to recap, to me, the the food we eat and the information within our food, all those things that Jamil was talking about. I'm really coming to sense how valuable this is and how important this is for me, just like I've always shared with folks. Jamil, are you there? I'm back, and I apologize. I have full signal. I don't know how that happened, and uh, probably I'll take that as a sign that it's uh, time for me to shut up a little bit and uh, see if there's any questions. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Well, I was just sharing with folks because, again, the, the, the... intention behind living with Tole is to apply this to daily life, you know, and, and to really be practical and, you know, to, to embrace the, the philosophical behind and really those big expansive thoughts, but also what can I do in my daily life? And you know what? We eat, you know, depending on who you are, you eat three times a day. And there's an opportunity every day to interact with food in a conscious way. There's an opportunity every day to uh, to sense how your body is resonating with those choices, and then there's an opportunity if you want to, if you're pa- if you're into this now or passionate about it, to, you know, if you're looking for a place to start to try one of those cleanses, and it might be something that's, you know, a little more rigorous, like a master cleanse, or it might be something that's a little more gentle, a few days of juice fasting, or trying a, a program like Jamil has created, and so, you know, but it, again, it's all about really being present to your daily experience and you have an opportunity every day with your interactions with food to begin seeing that as a spiritual practice. And as you go along on that journey, seeing how your food either is blocking you from experiencing your state of presence or supporting you. Now, as I stay here on the, the post we created to announce this podcast, is the health of your body a barrier to fully accessing the present moment? And are you looking to bring a greater degree of consciousness to your well-being in the food you eat so you can experience presence at a deeper level? You know, so I really encourage you and I really want to inspire you to see how this is an important part of your, your, your spiritual growth and can be a spiritual you know, um, practice. And I have found it to be instrumental in my own life, and I know that, that it can be that way also with you, depending on how you want to go about choosing that. But I just want to encourage you to start that, that process and start down that path. So, Jamil, you there? I'm still here, brother. All right. Well, it doesn't look like we have anyone who wants to uh, has a question. Obviously, we must have covered a lot of stuff there, so I'm sure people's minds are are churning right now with all the information. I want to say a lot of great information, and thank you so much for sharing your kind of your personal story and your own journey. You know, and, it, and to me, that is what inspired. I'm reading, listening to your podcast today, and 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 uh, you know, just getting to know you a little bit better. I, you're inspiring me to begin exploring. You know, what living foods can do for me as far as my spiritual journey, 
And actually, we do have someone who has a question here, so go ahead and let me, let me bring them on. Give me one second. Hi there, this is Greg. Who do we have on the line right now? Hey, what's up? This is Colton from Atlanta. How's it going, man? Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. And do you have a question for Jamil, or do you want to share your experience? Actually, I kind of wanted to share my experience to other, other listeners that are out there. And it's, again, it's not, it's not me talking. I'm actually speaking for Drew. Uh, what's up, Drew? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Culpin? Good to hear you on there. For everybody that's, you too. Uh, that's listening, Culpin and I are, are, uh, are, are friends, and uh, Culpin's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've known Drew for, um, I don't know how long, about maybe five years, but only met him only a couple of times and kind of spoken to him a few times. There's a couple of pointers that he kind of gave to me, and I still feel like I'm, I'm still, you know, at the baby level in a, in a very accepting in a very you know present way i'm i'm perfectly you know peaceful with where i'm at but at the same time i'm shooting to be more like drew and more like like a cartola you know and and i'm i'm okay with where i am right now but i'm still trying to you know get better at it but um in all these aspects um kind of drew kind of brought this concept of um baby steps to me and i've kind of you know started using that in almost every aspect that I'm trying to grow in, um, whether it's food or whether it's spirituality or whether it's, you know, your actual practice of meditating every day. And this whole concept of taking baby steps has dramatically made that process really easy for me. It's, it's, it's made it very peaceful instead of that yo-yo effect, instead of that guilt and instead of that fear and instead of that, you know, um, struggle. It just it just made it easy and it just made it more more enjoyable and and I guess let me let me explain what that process is I mean I guess you can kind of tell from from terminology by the way you know what he what he's saying baby steps is that instead of just going raw like you know overnight or instead of just like you know making your diet fifty percent raw or whatever it is which is what I was initially shooting for he kind of just suggested you know why don't you just start introducing that green smoothie every day in the morning and automatically you'll start changing the way you approach food. Your body will start craving that type of food more and more and, and gradually over time, whenever it's ready, you'll move on to bigger and better things. So I started doing the green smoothie every day in the morning for almost maybe two years and that was pretty much like the only consciously, only the only raw food that I was actually shooting for and slowly, I asked him, what, what can I do more? And he was like, you know, why don't you start doing more salads before every meal? I started doing that. And it's just a very gradual, slow process. It just made the whole transitional phase that I'm in right now to try to go more raw, made it more enjoyable and easier. And kind of the same thing with meditation. You know, I mean, there's, there's a traditional thoughts on meditations that, you know, you practice meditating an hour morning and evening and, you know, you, in hours, I have friends who practice meditation, like, they can't, they can't even count how many hours they, they meditate every, every day, but again, that's, I was, I just wasn't feeling that, it was, it was such a struggle, I felt pain when I was doing that, so I started dropping it down, I, you know, initially I just started doing falling still, only a couple of seconds uh, frequently throughout the day, and now I'm doing maybe 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Now I actually started doing maybe 20 minutes morning and evening. It just kind of made it into a gradual process of meditating a little bit, you know, 
morning and evening instead of that whole, I have to sit for an hour, and if I don't, i got to feel guilty about it. No, just more of an accepting thing. Whatever it is that I'm doing, it's, it's slowly, gradually helping me get better and better. And that kind of applies to, you know, spirituality, meditation, food, and just about almost every aspect that I'm trying to get better at. So I just want to see you know, Excellent. Fantastic. I got that. Yeah, and actually, he just dropped off too. There must be something with the uh, the energy in the air tonight. Not sure why, but uh, you know, he pretty much shared his point there, and I really want to to you know say that that's perfect because a lot of people I talk to, I say, oh, I'm trying to eat more, you know, raw foods or living foods. They're like, oh my God, how can you do that? I have to, you know, you know, it's almost like making that jump, even in a thought or being open to that, is such an extreme leap that, you know, some of the people I run into, it's hard for them to even do that. So as he was just suggesting there, and I know Jamil would be you know, on, on, on the same page, is that, you know, it's not about, you know, overnight becoming a raw foodist or, you know, you know overnight becoming a two-hour-a-day meditator. It's, you know, where can I start? What's comfortable for you? Maybe it is that green smoothie in the morning, or maybe it is, you know, having a, a salad for, you know, you know, a couple meals a week, whatever that is, really approaching it in that way. And this is what I would share is that I know Eckhart would say also, you know, it's key to be open and cultivating presence will allow you to be more open. Just be open to how life is calling you to move forward from this conversation. And that might lead you to a book that really inspires you or to a green smoothie online that you want to try out. I would just encourage you to be open and allow consciousness to guide you on this journey of health, well-being, you know, eating in a new conscious way. Jamil, anything else to add to that before we wrap it up here? No, you've said it well, and this is a beautiful journey. Uh, We're all thankful to be alive, and in this present moment, life is great, and there might be challenges or issues that we're facing and at least in this moment we can say that we could do the we're do, we're all doing the best that we can with what we have and be gentle with yourself be gentle with yourself be gentle with your experiences and there's always a quote that uh, uh that I shared with my friends that I that I picked up at a conference from um a speaker which is that um if it's not fun it doesn't count so make this journey fun Otherwise, it won't really end up counting. Uh, you'll be in the past. You'll be in the future. You won't really be enjoying it fully right now here in this moment. And there's a lot of fun right here, right now in this moment. That's for sure. So, indeed, Awesome. Indeed. Well, Jamil, on, on behalf of uh, Leo and myself, thank you so, so much for joining us today and for sharing your experience and your, you know, what you've learned along the way and your wisdom and your, you know, it's, and your inspiration, really, as I was sharing just a little bit ago, I'm really inspired by your journey and what you're creating and what you're up to. And I really wanted to share that with the community here living with Tole. Hopefully, this will, you know, spread throughout, you know, our community and, and inspire a few folks to, to, you know, begin this journey of exploring how they can consciously approach well-being and their diet and cleansing in order to you know, to work towards that goal all of us share, which is to be more present in the moment and to explore ways to access the present moment. So thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you, Greg, and uh, kudos to your community and all the listeners out there. Thank you very much. Awesome.
Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. For those who joined us live on the call and for those who are listening to the podcast, you know, head over to uh, livingwithtole.com. We're going to have, you know, all the, the, well, for the call when we put it out, we'll have links for the stuff that Jamil's up to and maybe some links to some of these videos online where you can find out more about raw food or green juice. So head on over to Living With Tole and check out the, the page there where this is, we have this posted and, you know, just encourage you and, again, want to inspire you to be, you know, to bring into your daily experience practices that can allow you to experience, you know, at a deeper level presence and that communion with source or with consciousness and knowing that through that, you know, a more conscious experience will evolve through us, whether that shows up as food or in our relationships or on our, in, our, in our work or in how we serve the world and in our interactions with our family and our children. All those areas will be touched by presence. So we're just trying to inspire people to, uh, to explore that for yourself. So thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to hearing from you soon over, over at the website or in our, one of our next teleseminars. Thanks so much for joining us today. Just a quick reminder that you can find this as well as the archive recordings of all of our podcasts and other teleseminars at our website, which is livingwithtole.com. Our teleseminars are offered on the first Tuesday of every month. If you'd like to join us live on the teleseminar calls, simply visit our website and register following the teleseminars link. All of our teleseminars, as well as our podcasts and videos, are offered free of charge and commercial free as a service to you. This is made possible by the donations that we receive from our listeners. You can donate now at livingwithtole.com. Thank you.